Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Shuttle Pod. This is episode 115. I'm Brian Drew, and I am here with Mr. Matt Wright. Hello, Brian. Hello, Matt. And as Kayla, who's not here, would say, that's 115, not including specials, reviews, other things that we've done in the past. So yes. we're also well past 115 in reality, I think. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I, probably, I guess we're probably around 140, actually, something like that. We'll have to actually look at the number. Indeed. So we're back to do some more Picarding. We're going to talk about episodes five and six today, Imposters and the Bounty. Yeah. We're still enjoying the show quite a bit. Otherwise, we probably wouldn't be doing this. <laughs> yes. So we just thought we'd start with the first episode and work our way through and get our general observations. And the first episode is Imposters. Mm-hmm. And we thought we'd give you the memory alpha summary of of the episode and then dive in caught by starfleet and facing court-martial paranoia grows as picard struggles to uncover whether a prodigal crewman from his past has returned as an ally or an enemy hell-bent on destroying them all (laughs) i mean this was a really great episode yes it was it was so there's a lot we want to talk about in this episode but we don't really want to bury the lead here. We'll, let's get the yeah. big part of this out of the way first. It features the return of Rolaren. Yay. Michelle Forbes to the Star Trek universe. Yes, very excited about that. Yes. Uh, she was a big favorite of mine. I think she was a fan favorite of a lot of people. I think yes. a lot of people were disappointed that she left the franchise. She did. After the yeah. end of TNG. Yeah. Michelle Forbes wanted to do other stuff and didn't want to get tied down into like a, a series role. So. Right. They weren't, they wanted her for DS9. Yep. And she didn't want to do that. So we have not seen her since Preemptive Strike, which is right near the end of TNG's run in yeah. season seven. The, yep. The second to last episode. Second to last episode where she ends up leaving Starfleet, joining the Maquis. And for reals, not just for undercover. Reals. Right. <laughs> and betrays Picard, or at least Picard. Feels, feels very like betrayed. feels yeah. very betrayed, and that plays a strong thread in this episode. Yeah, so and Matt, I, what do you well, think? I love this episode. I gotta say, it was really good all around. Um, I also, <clears throat> of course, the row stuff just like excellent. Um, yeah, I, I loved the you know the sort of unfinished business that these hurts you know that, they, that these two characters have been carrying around. Mm-hmm. And of course, it worked really well to be like, "Yeah, you can't be a changeling because changelings really wouldn't know. <laughs> they can imitate you, but they can't imitate like your your memory and your pain, you know. Right. Like, right. so obviously, it was a great, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, Captain Kirk, I need my pain kind of moment. It was, it was, <laughs> it was, but it was it, really great. But they did. It's interesting in the way they started, as you allude to, like in there's all this paranoia now about all the changelings and everything else. And she comes on board and she's not friendly, not friendly. Nope. She's speaking to Picard and they're both being very hostile to one another. Mm -hmm. Picard clearly doesn't trust her either. Rolaren, the person or the potential being this, that may be in front of him. Um, Even when she, you know, she cuts herself to prove that she's bleeding and that she's, you know, a human being, and then he gets that notification from Beverly that these changelings mm-hmm. that they've run into are far more advanced and evolved, as Beverly puts it. Yeah. 
than they were the last time we saw them. They can replicate yeah. right down to bodily organs. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, that was really crazy. I kind of like that. That just as a as a whole thing about the blood thing, I kind of like this whole that, that this is almost like what uh, Joseph Cisco, you know, Ben Cisco's dad, even says in like the Homefront Paradise Lost part. Where he goes, if I was a smart changeling, the first thing I'd do is get some poor soul, drain them of all their blood, and right. retain it to like retain pass it. the test. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, th- and they've kind of done that in their own, in, in its own way. You know, in their own way, yeah. they've kind of, you know, figured out how to do that. They figured out how to do it. Yeah. So it's fascinating to see them going back and forth. Picard clearly not trusting her at all. She not really no. completely trusting him either because she doesn't yeah. know. Because she does. Co- Starfleet's compromised at all levels. Right. So, who knows, so you know? ultimately, they she says, "All right, we're gonna go to. I think we're gonna go to sick. No, we're gonna go to the bridge. I believe they said they were gonna go to right. It was sick bay. I forget. She goes, let's go to sick bay. Was sick bay? Yeah, I think it was sick bay. Um, okay. So they start to walk there, and as they get close to a holodeck, she goes, "No, to the holodeck," mm-hmm. and they go in, which is still programmed to be ten yeah, forward because the budget because the, yeah. the budget can't handle anything anything yeah, more. Getting that, getting that money's worth. Yeah, and. They have it out in there. Yeah. And that's the part that's excellent. Very bitter exchanges. They both feel betrayed. They're Mm -hmm. both not really, one's not really hearing the other for a while. Picard, particularly, not really hearing. Yeah. He's the one who's really not hearing her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I loved that they, this is a really clever way of doing it, though. Like they have out all this buried stuff that they've been holding onto for 30 years. Yeah. And in doing so, Prove that they're both the genuine article, which was yeah. great. No, it's it's you know? great. Yeah, it's a lovely way to do that. Very yeah. So dramatic. they finally get through that. Yeah. So they finally get through that, and then Roe tells him that Starfleet is compromised from the top down. With yeah, changelings everywhere, all yeah. over which is, the starships. Yeah, which is just crazy to think about, including on the Intrepid that the ship she was on. Yep, and boy are they boy is the Intrepid compromised as we find out because they're like yes. Yeah, we don't even know if there are any humans left on the Intrepid. It seems like it's seriously all right. It's like I don't even know. Yeah, so, and then we uh, we finally get some. We get get back and get some movement with Worf and Raffi. Yes, because um, we we sort of skipped them for an episode, you know, the week before, which is all yep. right. But we got to get moving on that because, of course, like all these things have to come together. If we're getting, you know, Frontier Day is a ticking clock, right? So these guys all have to come together at some point yeah soon. All of these. Apparently, Frontier Day obviously is going to, is just to remind everybody this is going to be this big. It's the 150th anniversary of the United Federation of Planets. Or well, it's, it's the 150th of the launch of the NX01. Of the NX01, right? Yeah. Okay. And all a great deal of the fleet apparently is going to be there yep. in one location, which seems like a rather bad idea. Yeah. Well, it's peacetime. There's no reason not to, right? Right, you know. right, right. Yeah. So clearly some <laughs> big stuff's going to be going down. Yeah, definitely. And so uh, I really actually was, didn't know if I would like this concept of, of a Vulcan, like, gangster. gangster. Yeah. But you know what? I really liked it. Like, yeah, me too. Uh, I, I wasn't sure, you know, because I'm like, Vulcans can't be gangsters. But I mean, look, you can be coldly logical about anything, really, right? Like that's, I mean, what have, what have we learned over the years of this franchise? 
Vulcans seem to be pretty good at almost like self-deception. They can use logic for almost anything. That's true. Especially especially after seeing what assholes they were in Enterprise, that they could somehow justify right there right. what they were. And so, all right. So I, I liked it. Like I liked it a lot. I liked Me too. Um, <clears throat> I liked him a lot, and I loved the you know the the bluff with stabbing Worf so they could drag him away, so Worf from the shadows could leap back out. Yep. And I also yeah. think it's sort of hilarious though, because you know they talk about this betting, you know, and of course like the the odds are on Worf because he's a Klingon. Right. They really should not have assumed that he went down that easy. He got stabbed in a rib. Like yeah. Klingons have like a interwoven group of ribs and redundant organs. Like right. that's he's not he's not dead. And I think his bone density is triple that of a human. Yeah. So I mean that didn't do squat. You know like what I mean? It's like I mean, right. yeah, they're like gigantic beings. Yeah. Even though so, Michael Thorne is not as big as he was back in the day, sure, it, he's still pretty big. But and we know that, yeah, and we know their like physiology is robust. Mm-hmm. So, but whatever. I mean, I love, I like the idea of the the whole. He got to use his monk, you know, training to reduce his heart rate to essentially nothing. So people, so they fell for it, you know. But uh, there, there was one cringy moment in there, though. After, oh yeah, what was that? After, after she stabs him and gets down on his knees, goes. This, perhaps this is a good day to die. And oh, yeah. It goes down. I was like, oh, my God. I mean, you had to, you had I to know. say it, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you had to say it. Um, <laughs> but so now they have their key. Yeah, so yeah, the whole thing Daystrom. about that, right. They needed yeah. that key to get to the Daystrom Institute, which is apparently more impenetrable than the Bellagio was in Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So Where's our contortion? We have another like caper. You know? Yes, totally. Uh, yeah, where's our contortionist guy who can hide in a service cart? Or yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, that's the we'll, we'll get there. That's the next episode, right? Um, we'll talk about. So, um, yeah, I mean, that kind of is like the the, the high points, the bullet points of all of that. Um, and then, obviously, of course, how do we get you know the Wharf Raffi storyline to intersect? Well, you kill off Roe. Sorry, right. Ro makes the ultimate sacrifice to help the Titan get away. She tells Picard that the Titan needs to run. Yep. And a bomb is planted on her shuttle, and she just basically self-sacrifices. She dives yep. right into one of the nacelles. Takes out that knocks, nacelle, yeah. Knocks, knocks out the warp drive and the Intrepid and gives the Titan yep. just enough time to get away. Yeah, it gives him a head start. And, of course, also leaves with a little uh, token that right. turns out to be much more than a token. Yes. Another brilliant little piece. A little, another brilliant little piece of writing there. Because when you first see it, it's like, oh, that's just a lovely moment. And then you're you know, like, we're giving it to Picard. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, isn't yeah. that wonderful? You know, it's a wonderful little touch. They're probably not going to see each other again. Blah 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 blah. Yeah, she knows she's probably dead. So here's they've come her. to an understanding, and yeah. it's, it's wonderful. And then it turns out that that maybe was part of it, but not quite. Yeah, it's not all of it, and it makes perfect sense because, like. Of course, that thing could hold a data chip. Why yeah, not? right. Like, so I mean, you could you could basically had a flash drive in it today. So right. of course it could. You know, the, right. yeah. So Riker picks up on it very quickly, and mm-hmm. and voila, her entire dossier, all her yeah. research and everything is in this thing. Yep. And then while they're talking, while they're looking at that, Worf calls. <laughs> yep. Because of course, Ro, as you could kind of put together, as soon as Ro showed up, I was like, oh, okay, so she's his handler, like obviously. And sure enough. Yeah, she's Worf's handler, right? Yeah. 
sure enough. Yep. So there you go. We got everybody, you know, everybody's back together, basically. Yeah. The tro- they, so they had a treasure trove of information. They learn a lot more about what's going on. Yeah. Still heavily redacted, we find out, too, though. Yes. There's still not a lot of info that's really right. there. Right. And then the only other thing that's go- that's crazy is the side stuff with Jack. Um, oh, Jack's yes. Let's having talk his about insane it. visions. Yeah. yeah. Jack has quite a quite an episode. He sure does. I mean, he has these violent dreams or these yeah. episodes. And they're not really dreams. They're, mostly, they're waking dreams, whatever yeah, they yeah. want to call them. Yeah. Where things don't end well. Like he Mm-mm. ends up killing a lot of people rather yeah. ruthlessly. Yeah. A lot of it is played with a certain Borgish vibe. There's a lot Certainly of the is. red, the red and the veiny stuff, which is kind of a dead giveaway that it's some well, kind of and then, Borg. And then the, I think another really big giveaway is the clear <clears throat> like setup of the scene that's an homage to first contact with him asleep. Having yes. the nightmare, the nightmare and a nightmare kind of thing, just like his dad did in First mm-hmm. Contact. Yeah. So they're they're going they're obviously trying to hint at stuff here. You know, there's there's more. There's a lot more to it than just what it seems to be. Yeah, and he seems desperate at one point. In one in, in one in one of the dreams, like desperate to get to off the, get off the ship. That's any, right. And any Starfleet ship doesn't. We don't that's know why right. that's the case. Yeah. Again, this is all like in his subconscious, apparently. Some of this I don't think he's even aware of. It yeah. seems like. It seems like it, yeah. And he hears voices, which yeah. one of them that sounded pretty clearly like it was Beverly. Yeah, one of them is definitely Beverly, which is interesting. Yeah. Saying something, come back to, I think it was like something I like. I think it's find us. Find or come back to us or something like yeah. that. Yeah. So what the hell's going on there? I mean, I think the initial reaction when people hear that, like, oh my God, is that the Borg Queen? Yep. But That's yeah. certainly what we all thought, I think, like yeah. early on. And then if you listen to it again, that actually, it's definitely Gates, not Yeah, it's Gates. Yeah. Right. So. What else about Jack? When Roe is talking to Picard and starts asking about Jack, it's kind of, first of all, it's kind of weird they know about him and. Also, the, yeah. how did she? How did they all suddenly quickly that quickly find out that he's Picard's kid? Right, that's another boy, reason why he's the, like the fleet, this chick, boy. The fleet he, rumor mill moves. Very, the fleet rumor mill moves very quickly. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why he strongly suspects she's a changeling at the beginning. Right, right. Because he's like, how would you? How do you know that? Why do you even care? Why is everyone obsessed with Jack Crusher? Yeah. Right. So she tells him that Jack is known and has been known for a while in the intelligence community. Yep. Now, the natural thing for Picard to ask there, which he does not because it's a TV show, is to ask, how is that? Why? Yeah, why? Yeah, yeah he, he doesn't ask that question because no. we need to find that out later. Um, but so that's also very interesting, like that he's been on the fleet's radar or at least yes. within the, the subversive elements within the fleet's radar for a while. Mm-hmm. What else? Oh, when he's when he identifies the changelings, somehow he knows they're changelings, by the way, which. Right. Which, again, this goes back to that. I don't think this is right. But, you know, early on, I was like, oh, he's some kind of changeling that doesn't know he's a changeling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Um, because typically other changelings can sense other changelings. But they, but that's about it. Like, people, other people can't tell, you know. Right. And so, what does that say? You know? Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> if maybe he was like a, a changeling Borg hybrid. Like an yep. experiment, basically. Yeah, you know. Kind of seems like maybe that could be something. 
I don't yeah. know. Yeah. There's a reason why they want him so badly. He's got to be. He can't just be another changeling. He has to be something. There's got to be something special about him. Yeah, and there's the definitely thing, something about unique as right. him being a Picard like offspring too. Right. Which which we will get to when we get to the which yeah it becomes more clear in a minute right yeah. right <laughs> and the other thing is like when he identifies the the uh, the changelings he dispatches them with an insane amount of precision yeah, and skill he's become a he becomes a superhuman born, he be- yeah. yeah he becomes superhuman but he comes almost superhuman yeah briefly his reflexes are enhanced it seems like and he just yeah it's like it's like you know how that would that would have been like if data had right had to disarm a group of people definitely himself that's how he would have done it right totally totally good point so that and then one other final thing about him was that he you know beverly realizes he's not doing well right and talks to him and starts mm-hmm. reminding him that he had bad dreams as a child to the point where he wasn't he'd go days without sleeping and stuff like that mm-hmm. and the odd thing about it is that he doesn't remember that yes that is odd you know, so there's like that. And, you know, there's an undercurrent to this whole thing where I think Beverly is knows more than she's saying. I mm-hmm. still feel that. Every episode so far, there's always these moments that Gates is playing Beverly to be slightly uncomfortable with certain uh-huh. things. Like, she's yeah. not being completely forthcoming, even with Jack. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. think Beverly if... knows a lot more about Jack than Jack or anybody else knows. It sure seems like that. Yeah. There seems to be some. I mean, as we've discussed before in the podcast, like that DNA helix that's in the that's in the um, yeah the end credits, credits. That has got to have something to do with him. Like, there's no other. There's nothing else I, yeah. that would be, especially I, I this late into the show. Now, it's got to be Jack. Yeah, some kind of genetic engineering or something with him. Yeah, yeah. I don't see who else it could be. But um, a great episode though. Um, one of the th- and we can talk about this more when we get into the next episode. But one of the things I loved about it is, as much as they pack into these episodes, there's a lot of action. There's all sorts of pretty intense stuff happening. The show knows enough to stop occasionally and have nice character moments. Yes, like the scene between Picard and Roe was wonderful. Oh, that, in yeah. that in the hollow deck, and all of their scenes actually were phenomenal. But like one of the things that I've noticed so far with that differentiates this from all the other Trek shows that are on right now, particularly like discovery. And even in the earlier seasons of Picard is that this show has no problem stopping occasionally and just having people talk, which is one of the touchstones of star Trek. People talk a lot. Yeah. There's character stuff going on, character building, problem solving, lots of, you know, people, lots of people standing in a room talking. That's, that's part of what star Trek is. That's it. That's right. We've and, talked about that. Yeah, and podcast. Terry's been Terry and and gang have been weaving that in and out really well. I think. Agreed. Yeah, really enjoying that part. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the reasons why it feels good. You know. Yeah, I'm telling you, man. I'm t- like ten minutes into the first episode, you could almost you could tell right away that it was going to be okay. Like it, it, it's hard to describe this, but when, but when Trek is going right, you almost know it like you know your own heartbeat. Like you can yep. tell right away. Like it just. It's either flowing or it's not, and it's you can tell quickly. And yeah, I agree. This season, you, you could tell right, 10 minutes in, I was like, oh, my God, this is so much better. This is a completely different show. Yeah. I mean, I tend to forget it's called Star Trek Picard most of the time now. I mean, I mean it really is kind of 
I mean, there, there's a reason why, like, when they talk about it, Ter- Terry Mattel said this. He's like, he kind of thinks of it as season eight or yeah, whatever. It's kind of what it is. It's like, yeah, it's like it's like TNG after like a thirty year hiatus. Yeah, TNG season eight. Yep. But I, yeah, very pleased though. I, I, the episode was great. It, it's sad to see Ro go after such, you know, one quick. Yeah. Thing it would have been nice to have her around a bit longer, but. I suspect her sacrifice will not be in vain. No, I think she gave them a good head start and definitely gave them a lot of <laughs> intel that they need. Yeah, yeah, she may ultimately be the reason that the whole thing works out. Yeah, I think you so. Know? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, very happy to see her back. I mean, I think a lot of people were thrilled. Oh yeah, and, and the you know the amount of surprise because she's not necessarily one you would think of right as as coming back because. She wasn't a main character. She wasn't. She was only in four episodes, right? So, no, she was well, in more no, episodes than that. No, I guess so. Five, maybe. Before. I, anyway, I think five it wasn't a six. ton, though. Yeah. No, it no, it was not a lot. No. So it's cool that, but like we were talking about, she's very impactful. Like, yeah, I liked her. You liked her. We liked that she shook up, you know, the status quo on TNG. So, yeah, very pleased. Um, yep. I, I did find one thing odd at one point, you know, she's telling Picard that she thinks the intrepid itself is highly compromised, lots of changelings and stuff. But one of the first things she does when she comes aboard the ship is order most of the Titans crew over to the intrepid. That was odd. If she thinks it's so compromised. Yeah. yeah why would you send people essentially into a death trap? Yep. So the entire Titan crew now, what's going on with the Titan crew on the Intrepid? I mean, I know <laughs> that we don't know most of those people. All the all the important people that have speaking parts are still on the ship. They're still here, yeah. <laughs> it's all the extras and whatever, but like, you know, the Titan's crew is on that ship. And, it's yeah. like, and it factors in at one point when, I, is it Riker mentions to, or was it, no, I think it was Seven says, you know, don't forget, you know, if you fire on that ship, don't forget that your crew is over there. Something yeah, along those lines. That's right. Yep. Yep. So that was a little odd, I thought. Yeah. I mean, if Ro, the, if Ro knew things were so bad, why is she sending the crew over? Yeah. It's not clear to me. I mean, because she did sort of, there was sort of an excuse for it, right? Where she was like, oh, I've given you sort of a skeleton crew to make a run for it. So that way, you know, I guess the implication being you don't have a full crew, you don't have a full crew of people that might disagree with your decisions that might be held responsible i've sort of saved you know 500 people like out of the 500 i've saved like 400 people or something from from a potential court martial because they're not involved anymore or something i know like she was trying to be helpful but yeah it doesn't you know it seems like an extremely dangerous thing to do yeah that or she really wasn't she didn't really understand how compromised the intrepid was until it was too late maybe. yeah that's true because she is surprised clear. Yeah, she yeah. is. You know, she's going back to the ship. She assumes everything's going to be fine, right? And just yeah, clearly. Just yeah, because she orders the the, of, those two I, security officers with her to come with her, like it's no big deal. And then they bail, and she's like, "Oh, that's unexpected." You know, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think they were gonna, you know, leave me here. Like, so yeah, yeah. It's it, it may be that she thought she was doing everybody a favor legitimately you know like this was a favor to everyone and then oops nope <laughs> not so much right all right do we have anything else we want to talk about with episode five no 
Let's get on to six where the, everything starts to come together. Yeah. Lots of stuff happens in six. Lots. Yeah. Episode six is called The Bounty. Hint, 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 mm-hmm. hint, hint. Yeah. We're not just talking about the bounty that's on Jack Crusher's head. You know? That's right. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I will read the memory alpha summary for this episode. Now on the run, Picard and the skeleton crew of the USS Titan must break into Starfleet's most top-secret facility to expose a plot that could destroy the Federation. Picard must turn to the only soul in the galaxy who can help, an old friend. Which one are they talking about? I know. Several old friends show up in this one. Several, yeah. Yes. So I think this is probably for most people the most emotional episode of the season. It certainly was for me. Yeah, I mean, I got choked up several times when the, yeah. when the gang started to come back together. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <clears throat> there are a few came, moments that are yeah. really nice. Yeah, yeah. When when Worf and Jordy first board, those are very. I th- I found those very emotional. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like a family reunion, and you know, since you're we're big fans, obviously you can you think of the characters as family as in a way too. So just seeing everybody get back together is you know, can be pretty powerful stuff. And then we, um, there's no reason to, to hide it, but when Data comes to yeah. and sees Jordy, and then Jordy looks back at him, and then he turns and looks at Picard, that that stuff was very powerful too. Oh yeah, that's a huge yeah, huge moment. Yeah, it's a huge moment. Anyway, well, we're getting ahead of ourselves. So they end up going to Daystrom Station. But this is like their their little secret repository off right. the world, <laughs> right. as we've learned. Right. Where they bury all the yeah. top secret or, or unbury, that, as right. the case maybe things that are not supposed yeah. to exist, all that kind of stuff goes to this place. Or yeah. more the good blackmail material is basically. <laughs> yeah. Worf, Rafi, and Riker end up beaming yeah. over. They take the key they got from from the Vulcan gangster. The, the Vulcan gangster, <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah. and they start walking through, and you sort of get a smorgasbord of. Boy, All do sorts you, of stuff. Right? Oh, um, gosh. I mean, we can go through this really quickly. The Genesis torpedo is there. Another Genesis torpedo, which yeah. by itself in, invites all sorts of crazy. Lots of questions. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The fact that there's another Genesis device is very surprising. Quite something. Yeah. Yeah. The like attack triple is the quite attack triple was goofy, fantastic. The way Morph reacts and then Riker gives him shit for it. That was Riker's good. Giving him shit. That yeah. was good. That was good. And then, uh, yeah, the a very obvious. Yeah, the remains. Camera are... lingers on a very obvious. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, the remains of James Kirk are at this facility. So I guess he was dug out of the ground on Viridian Three. Yeah. Presumably, and he's not in Iowa. Right. He's here. Apparently, he's there. Yeah. The only reason I could think that they would want him there is because he was in the Nexus for. Mm-hmm. the better part of a century and they probably yeah. wanted to study his body yeah there are there is a bit more to it than that though apparently if you zoom in on the text yeah that's there's, interesting there's something at the bottom there's like a profile of kirk and it describes a bunch of different things and then at the bottom it says something about operation phoenix mm-hmm which suggests there's a possible Ugh. cloning or cloning situation going mm-hmm. on. Some kind of rebirth. That could be just a throwaway. 
I don't know how they would go about doing that. That's yeah, and it's really just well, that's too much of a distraction. The show is yeah. Star Trek Picard, you know. Yeah, not... I, I, yeah, I, I kind of feel like they should have. You know, like putting yeah. that little bit in there is it's it's made people go nuts thinking about it. Is what yeah. it's done. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. So I don't. That could just be a little Easter egg, but it's a very distracting one. Yeah. So anyway, they keep moving through. So this very unpredictable uh, AI that's guarding the station <laughs> starts to become very familiar to Riker, especially. Right. Yeah. Yes. So a raven comes by, a holographic raven, mm-hmm. which is from Data's dream yep. in Birthright Part 1, I believe. Yep. So you know, Riker slowly starts putting these pieces together. Then he starts hearing notes of music, mm-hmm. which he expertly identifies, despite the fact that they're kind of shrieky. And... They're crazy. Yeah, I was like, I don't know how you would identify that. They're yeah, I mean, totally... we know Riker's a musician, obviously, but they... he was he, he caught on to that pretty pretty quick pretty quickly. Yeah. And then then what happens, mm-hmm. Matt? <laughs> Here comes the thing that was way overhyped. Everybody. Yeah. As we well, yeah, we'll talk about it too about the nature of this but the image of moriarty anyway basically comes to be sort of a, a gatekeeper right and saying you know you can't pass and <laughs> taunting them as old warriors or whatever they are right right i don't think he recognized them either no 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 because this isn't really that's the thing that's not like, really him yeah it's not really moriarty it's 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 a it's an whatever. ai hallucination of right. moriarty yeah, whatever's you know, in data's from, head Right. right, from data, the data lore before thingy-mabobber. That's, right. yeah. It was cool seeing Daniel Davis, though. It was it was nice, but this whole thing, and of course, like we talked, I mean, we talked about this in our trailer, you know, thing is everybody thought, oh, it's the, it's the real Moriarty somehow, so how is that possible? So, of course, we went off, like everyone, we went off on crazy, you know, ideas of how that could be. And really, it's not at all. It's not even really Moriarty. It's... It's data's like projection, like memory of him. Right, right. So, but oh well. Daniel Davis did a lovely job. Yeah, they did. Like he was in fine form. He was exactly Moriarty. And the fact that they keep it dark in there it hides the fact that he's much older now. Yeah, and they did a good job with all that. So it was fine. It was fun seeing him. Yes, was it overhyped? You know, yes, it was. But I still enjoyed seeing him. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, I agree. And of course, he's like, he's like, you know, it goes back to that note. He's like, he basically is saying that he's kind of driven insane that he can't finish yeah. this tune. So, and we have a nice moment there. Yeah. The way they build up the little bits of it for Riker to put together is really cool, though. Like, here's a note here. Here's a note there. A few minutes later, mm-hmm. here's another note. And then it starts to form more of a song and he starts to figure it out. Yeah. It's obviously Pop Goes the Weasel. Yeah. Which is, and as they indicate in the episode, is from the counter at Farpoint when Riker first met Data in the holodeck. Something interesting about that is that if you remember in Nemesis, when they're given the toast at the end, yeah. Riker can't remember what the tune was. Yes. Which is interesting. Yeah. No, it's just, you know, he, he came to him later, probably, but like, you know, the last time. Yeah. He, in the moment, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember. Yeah. yeah. What was the name of that tune? can't remember yeah. the name something like that um so he figures it out and they step into the next room and there is data 
or <laughs> something. Yeah. The new, the latest in Soong technology. That's right, because we get a dash of RX soon, a, you know, a dash of data, a smidge of lore, a smidge of lol. Uh, lol. Yeah, I mean, it's like the whole thing. What does he say exactly? He said he's a new Android. He's a combination of lol, before, lore, data, soon, and mm-hmm. more. Oh, yeah, and more. That's right. We don't know what that means. No. And, of course, he's like um, sort of the... It's uh, it's pretty obvious that he must be another kind of golem type thing, just yeah. like Picard's body. Well, I think they directly so. infer that that he's. Oh, did they say that? Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. Okay. He's like, yeah, he. That's why. So I think <clears throat> the idea is, I mean, this is a very clever conceit to get Brent Spiner to, to essentially play a version of Data without having to worry about the de aging tech for the entire thing. Yes, that's basically what this is. Yeah, it is. And so, yeah, it sounds like we're going to have a very schizophrenic android who's going to be quite a, a rogue element for the oh, rest yeah. of these episodes. Cause sometimes it'll I be data. So. I suspect Laura is going to show up at very inopportune moments. Yeah. It seems like, it. I mean, if you remember from that season trailer, the trailer, we, yeah, there's that, there's that moment of Jordy, you know, kind of going lore, you know, no, damn it, lore or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, there's obviously the wrong personality is going to surface at the wrong time. Kind of right. Thing. <laughs> uh, but, but Sung does indicate in his hollow that, that, um, a lot of data is in there. Yes. Like it's that there's more data in there than there is the rest of them. Yeah. Which makes sense. Yeah. So he is, he is the AI that is guarding the entire facility. Yeah. Which, you know, there's question that's questionable that they would do that. Cause a, 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 you know, an incomplete, incoherent, non-integrated, you know, like right. mix of things is the thing that you have guarding your station. Totally unpredictable, right? Well, I know? think I think All the right. rationale they make is that he was a bit of tech that they could never re, they could never invent themselves. Yeah, because I think so. Because suing technology yeah. is just so far removed from everything else that's going on in in the Federation. I think that if you get access to something like him, you you, you do your best it. to utilize it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So clever way to bring Brent back. It really is because now they don't have to yeah, worry. It's, he, it's, he, it, Brent can it's play better his than age. Being a, yeah, and it's better than being some sort of a relative, like a yeah. human relative. Yeah, no more songs. No more songs. Yeah. So when he gets, re- they bring him. Decide to bring him back to the Titan, and Jordy realizes that there's like five or six different versions of different personalities within him, yeah. and they decide to turn him on. And when he first wakes up, first wakes up, it is clearly Data. Oh yeah, and the, like I said, the moment between him and Jordy is wonderful. And then when he turns to Picard, and Picard is clearly rattled by the whole thing. Even the idea of turning him on, I think, was free. Well, Picard yeah, out. I mean, Picard basically finally had sort of put him to rest and had closure in season one with right. the person he knew as Data. You know, so right. this is bizarre. Yeah, know? it's like whoa. But when he <laughs> yeah, but when he turns to Picard and calls him Captain, and was just like, oh my god. Like the, like all of that was very like powerful stuff to watch. Oh yeah, you know it really was. It really was. Yes, I agree. Um, and then you Got start in the feels. Yeah, and then he starts to cycle through his personality, so we can get an idea of how how bad off this character is. You see, before I think there might have been a little bit of lol in there as well, and then lore. <laughs> and then the other very dominant personality that would be there is lore, of course. Is lore, yeah. <laughs> who yeah. Brent probably enjoys playing more than anything else. Oh sure. 
So, as had been indicated earlier in the series, that the quantum, the theft of the quantum device was apparently a distraction for something yeah, else they were trying to get. For something else that Va- I didn't Vodic, actually Vodic see and this the coming. Changelings, yeah, Vodic and the Changelings were. Yeah. And... I did not see this coming, I actually have to say. I was like, what? Yeah. What? Like, so, oh yeah, what is it, Data? Jean-Luc Picard, like, what does that mean? Yeah. So, Data's eyes become projectors. <laughs> and he projects the dead body of Jean-Luc Picard. Yes. And we should say, the what, the image that they use has a very Borgy yeah, on one homage side his, to On it. one side of his face, yeah. It's shadow. Like, yeah. It's got a yeah. slightly cutest vibe to it. Yes. Yeah. So once again, we're getting some some Borg vibes somehow in the mix. Like yeah. They're hinting at something here. Don't know what exactly. Yeah, yeah. Something's going on here. Yeah. So it seems clear that the reason Picard's body is of such interest is because even though Picard was cured, whatever you want to call it, of being Locutus. Yeah. I mean, that's just stuff removed. So right. in theory, there's right. things in there still, right? Right. I mean, I mean yeah. the fact that he was, he could hear them in first contact suggests that they could right. not remove everything. Yeah. Not everything. It was in out. his body. Yeah. He probably has not, he probably had nanites in his body that they probably couldn't get rid of. Mm-hmm. Seems so, like it. right. So that's probably what they're after. Yes. And so this is probably a good jumping off point to talk about, his uh his progeny yeah <laughs> this another this is obviously one of the reasons why they're interested in jack because jack is actually a, a a you know a flesh and blood being that's the offspring of picard right uh and uh, and uh so his crazy visions are currently anyway hand waved away by saying he has aromatic syndrome yeah which i don't believe that for a second. That no, that's the full story. No, and the symptoms. <laughs> no, and the symptoms are not consistent. No, because you don't become a Jason Bourne like super powered like agent of destruction because you have like Alzheimer's, right? An overclocked I mean? brain. She said he has an overclocked brain. That's and, right. Yes. Right. And Picard has never Picard never exhibited any symptomology. No, not like that. No, so, never had any instance of any of the kind of activity that. Jack has been involved in that could be explained by the aromatic syndrome. No. So that I feel like yeah. that Beverly is hiding something. That or it really is like a, almost a best guess of the way it's presenting. And so she's just treating Maybe. It, Maybe. You know. Maybe. But it seemed very inconsistent. I didn't buy that for a second. No, I don't think anyone. I don't think we're, we're supposed to. You know what I mean? I don't think we're meant to. Right. So... Some of the fan service, and I mean, there's plenty of fan service in this episode. As we sort of talked about, arguably the stuff that was in the Dancing Station was kind of too over the top. Yeah. You know, like eye rolling. But what I will say is at the, because we kind of glossed over this, but when they stop by to get Jordy right. and try to enlist his help, the Fleet Museum is actually handled quite nicely, I think. Right. It um, is. There's, you know, there's the, the fun stuff with, Jack, who is a man after our own hearts, you know, he right. likes a good refit constitution. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So they, yeah, when they sit there, when he and, and Seven are sitting on the bridge and is literally cycling through the ships. First, they, they yeah. go to the Defiant, 
Yeah. Then in New Jersey. Now let's talk about the New Jersey for a moment. Oh, the New Jersey, that, yeah. New Jersey is very interesting because yeah. New Jersey is a Constitution class ship. Classic style. Classic style. It is not the Strange not, New Worlds version no, of a Constitution It's not Discovery. Class. It's not Strange New Worlds. It's not. Yeah. yeah. Which is interesting, is, confusing. Yeah. <laughs> it's confusing, yeah. I mean, I, I know why it's there just simply for the like they want it that way, you know, for the yeah. service of it. But of course, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also may depend. Maybe, maybe it's a comment by the people who are making the show. Yeah, yeah. I think so. In a yeah. sense, I yeah. mean that. That I mean that. That's the way I read that. To be honest with you, yeah. And then they see the Enterprise A. Yeah, our beloved Constitution class refit, and Jack uh-huh. is a big fan. Beverly raised that boy right. That's right. <laughs> and she looked good. They didn't give us a nice long beauty shot of her, though. I was hoping for a bit more than that. Yeah. But I'll it's take okay. it. I'll take it. Yeah. Though. And then, and the, then Voyager. Course, the Voyager. The Voyager. The lovely, cool. really nice moment. The Voyager there. got a great hero shot. There's a really cool yes. shot of it. And then a lovely moment. Speaking of character, quiet character moments. This allows Seven to talk about the... the she says she was reborn on Voyager and regards that crew as her family. Like it was a that was a lovely yeah, little moment. That was the Voyager, so good. The Voyager theme plays underneath a little bit. Yeah, I thought that was lovely. But those little moments, like I said, Terry just weaves all this stuff in and out really nicely, you know. And then we see the bounty. Yeah, which is sort of fun. Like I wouldn't have expected it to be there necessarily, but yeah, of course fit, it makes they, sense. They fished it out of the San Francisco Bay. Fished it out of the bay. Yeah. Right. And the other ones that are there that we don't really get a, a good look at are a Katinga class. Yep. Cleon Battlecruiser. Yeah. There's a lot of nice like nice ships in there. There's a bird of prey, like a Romulan bird of prey. Yep, Romulan bird of prey. Yeah, some of them are hard to see. Yeah. Yeah. Ev- eventually I think we'll get to see all of them and yeah, I mean, it, that's one of those, like, people have freeze-framed it and identified things. Right. That's the only way we know. <laughs> you and know, the, and the NX-01 is there as a refit. That was interesting. Doug Drexler's refit. He's so happy, I'm sure. Yeah, because that. that refit is now canon. It's canon, that's right. Um, and, I, and I'm happy about that. I liked that it was that the refit, like, that, that that's a thing. Like, yeah. I think that's good. Um, I, I didn't clock it initially because I was looking for the original profile, you know, of, like, right. NX class like that doesn't have the lower hull right and so anyway it was nice that that yeah it's refit because and of course duh that would be the its final form that it would go into the museum as because <laughs> this is hundreds of years later so yeah of course it was in its refit form when it finally came to the museum right you know yeah so that was really nice um and of course there's this little like uh, to go back to the bounty thing title of the episode and another little like wink wink they talk about how it had somehow accidentally cloaked itself so it took forever to find at the bottom of the san francisco bay so gee wink wink cloaking you say you know (laughs) like (laughs) why would they the question i have is why would you leave that in there no i i agree i don't know well and so you know the romulan bird of praise is over there too like really did you leave it in that one you know the the old cloak 
is is that still active in that one too like yeah why would you leave that in there these are museum ships they should barely they, they should the only systems that should work in those things are like the bare minimum to make them look interesting and entertaining to people yeah. that come visit yeah, that's yeah. it exactly keep the lights on and that's it right yeah but anyway so we just kind of overlook that and of course they get a little we get to have like the young you know the kids go off and heist a uh the cloaking device right. and try and hotwire it into the Titan. Right. Which so, I guess is good. Whatever. That works. <laughs> and obviously it involves Jordy, which we should probably go back a little bit and talk about Jordy a little bit. Yeah. He's, he's not the, um, he's not the helpful kind of do anything guy, you know, for his crew that you might expect. At this no, point. no. Jordy is living probably a pretty quiet life running the museum. Yes. Yeah. He has his family there. He's yeah. all his adventuring is behind him. He likes to talk about the good old days, but not doesn't necessarily want to relive them. Yeah. And right away, yeah, he's kind of a hostile. I wouldn't call him hostile, but like a. Yeah, but he's not going to go out of his way for them at all. No, and he's very he's on Picard a lot about being reckless, and that that's another thing I would like to talk about before we're done mm-hmm. about how Picard's being characterized. Yeah, because Jordy is what the third or fourth person to basically say Picard is reckless at this point. Yeah, and I'm like, where the hell is this coming from? Like Beverly indicating that one of the reasons she didn't want Jack around, like near him, is because life around him was always so dangerous. I'm like, really? I never got that impression. Yeah, it's it's no, it's weird. It's like it's like they're talking about young Picard. You know, yeah, he was he was a much more reckless person as a young. Yeah, I don't quite know what they're talking about when they mention that he's like all this kind of bad stuff can happen when you're around him, or like you know, like uh, I've never. That's like the exact opposite of any what I would how I would characterize that character. So I don't get that at all. I think this goes back to that, like, they want you to think about movie Picard. Yeah, this is what, yeah, <laughs> but maybe that's, that's the only explanation because the genre Picard of the movies is a much more reckless person. Yeah. So the one that was on TNG, but yeah. boy, oh boy, um, that kind of annoys me every time they bring that up. I'm like, who are they talking about? You know? Anyway, so Jordy is, yes, very concerned about his daughter being on Titan, Sydney. Yep. Yep. Does not want her there. Goes so far as to talk to Picard about having her yeah, like basically transfer give, it over to the museum. Yeah, send Sydney over to me and then I'll help you and send you on your way, which is yeah. kind of shitty. Really. It was really shitty. And she calls him out yeah. for it and yeah, basically, basically asks like, him, calls him out to the point where he realizes that he's not yeah, being... It's extreme. Yeah. Yeah. He's not being helpful and he's not... He's just not being himself... He's not being an officer in the finer traditions of the service that he's in. Yeah. And when it comes time to integrate that cloaking device and having trouble with it, Jordy decides it's time to step in and help out. Yep. He does all his cool Jordy LaForge kind of stuff. He has. Which means he's along for the ride, by the way. <laughs> right. Right. I like the fact that not everybody just jumps back in and goes, oh, my God, Captain Picard, absolutely. What can we do to help right. you through this crisis? Because really, people wouldn't, realistically. No, no. Jordy's, 20 Jordy's, years or whatever. Right. Jordy's running a huge museum. He's got a wife, at least two kids, maybe more. Yep. I think he's got three, actually. Um, well, we just, we only know of the two. But, right. But in, yeah. in all good things, I think there were three, right? 
Yeah, but they're, they're, we don't know about that. Though, right, right. Sure. That's not because of the alternate, alternate timeline. Right. Yeah. So it's cool to see him have to go through a, a certain, like, I don't know if I would call it a crisis of faith or whatever you want to call it, but um, it's cool to see him come around in the end when it mattered most. Yes. It's fascinating watching the cast as a whole and how they're portraying these characters because they're not really portraying the same characters anymore. Like LeVar, when I watch the episodes, feels like he's playing more LeVar than he's playing Jordy. Sure. And like we all, we've talked about that. Right. Patrick Dorn, too. Patrick, yeah. Frakes, and Gates, I feel like are kind of in character. Yeah, they're doing a good job, I think, sort of splitting the difference. But yeah, Patrick, way. Dorn, and LeVar are, I feel like there's a lot of them in it, much more than they used to be. Sure. You know? Yeah. Because even Jordy's Jordy's body language is different. Like it's just a little everything's a little different. Yeah. I do sort of, I mean, I do think it actually is is benefiting Worf. It's maybe more questionable for some of this, but I actually like this Worf a lot uh, a lot. Yeah. He's he's working out. Yep, I like him too. And of course, like I like the little speaking of Worf and his like lines, I like how he's kept track of how long it's been since he's seen Picard, and then he also talks about the annual bottles of sour mead, which is like, yes. Yeah. Why do you think that's mead? But okay, whatever. Yeah, I'm warped. Doesn't and of know course, any it's better. Chateau Picard. Yeah. Right, right. This is a man who thinks prune juice is a warrior's drink. You know. Yeah. So he's just like, I don't know. Whatever you sent me, the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> Those little good. bits were great, though. Yeah. And the way uh, and the way Fra- Frakes and Dorn, their little back and forth. Yep. There's is, a lot of good back and forth there. Yep. Freaks at one point is like, I don't know what the world is like, what the world's about anymore. Something like that, where he like, yeah, yeah, that was cute. Yeah, I know this guy's supposed to <laughs> prefers pacifism. Like, yeah. I don't know what the heck's going yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what else? Oh, so Vodic. Yeah. So this is a. She's brutally beating Riker at one point. Yeah. The two officers just kind of stand around and go, "Oh, I guess th- no big deal." So right, and then she turns around and kills them. Yeah. Earlier than that, though, she's talking to her, you know, her underlings on on her ship, and she says something about unity again and peace again. Oh right, yes. Don't quite know what that means. Nope. Like to know, by the way, why those changelings are so big are completely covered up and speak with like clicks. Yep, me too. That's I would love to know what the deal is there. Not clear at all why that is. No. But uh, just to go back to the, it seems like they're working in Borg things. Unity is definitely a Borg keyword yes. as well. Yeah. Th- I mean, it also is a changeling one. They like that, the whole Great Link thing, but it feels like they're trying to hit, hint at something pretty mm-hmm. clearly there. Yeah. There isn't a tremendous amount of forward motion with Vodic in this episode besides that yep. scene at the beginning and then like we said when she's torturing Riker mm-hmm. and then we get the since we're here we might as well talk about it we find you know earlier in the episode she had discussed basically getting Picard's dossier and finding out yeah anybody, anybody he's ever basically he's ever, anybody anyone. he's ever met in his life basically yeah <laughs> and then trying to to get a couple of those people and essentially squeeze him into yep. into doing whatever they want him and, to do yeah, so sure enough, who's the only cast member we haven't seen yet? Right. Well. <laughs> yeah, so in order to get Riker to talk, they kidnap Deanna. Yeah. 
And she says, oh, well. And then the credits yeah. rolled. So wait until episode seven to find out more about what happened to Deanna Troy. Yeah. But yeah, the gang will officially be all together. Yeah. Episode seven took a long time to get to Marina. But it's good. Six. It's good that they, well, yeah, but the end of six, she's barely in it. But like. Well, yeah. yeah. But I, I see what you mean. It's cool that they're bringing, they haven't brought everybody back all at once. There's, well, and it's, yeah, it's and it's trip. not realistic. That's no. not how you would like reassemble people. No, I agree. People, I agree. You know, but so that's good. Yeah, yeah but uh, lesser talent might do that. You know? This has been, oh, sure. This has been laid yeah. out nicely. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Um, I will say this is definitely, of the two episodes we're talking about, this is the weaker of the two. Yeah. I think there's a couple things that, you know, we talked about a little a little bit of the irksome things where everybody's claiming Picard is reckless and we're not sure why. Um, also, really, the Raffi and Seven are completely like <laughs> get get no get no service here as far as like their relationship. Right. Um, in fact, we even have Worf make a joke, and that's pretty much the end of it. Yeah. And it's too bad. Like I wanted to see, you know. Yeah, we may still see it, more of that though. We might, but it just seems weird that they're literally there together for the first time in ages and they skip over their meeting basically like the whatever interaction they would have well part i i think well i don't know rafi clearly wants to have a conversation with seven but seven kind of looks uncomfortable you think it's seven yeah 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 that's the way i took it it's seven was Mm -hmm. not particularly receptive because then you can see michelle hurt is very good with body language and she kind of just you can tell she kind of just she puts her head down, looking a little disappointed, and then she backs off. So mm. it's possible there may be more to it. We may see more to it down the line. I hope so. Yeah, I mean we've got four episodes left, you know. Yeah, and you're not going to just bury the character. Rafi knows she's with all the rest of the gang, so it, it. I'm sure they will. That's a thread that has to be tied down by the end of the series. It does. Yeah. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to bring these characters back, you got you got to you got to do right by them the way i look at it so there's a one other little bit that's a bit of a mystery um that gets referred to i think by jordy that there's a there's a yeah a hangar 12 oh yes within the museum hangar 12 yes some project of his is is in there yes so the question is what is in hangar 12 yeah what's what's in there there's some speculation yeah, and some kind of obvious and less obvious speculation. Yeah. And we will not get into that here. I don't think, yeah, we'll touch on that, but people already have some pretty good ideas. Yeah. 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 Something that may be tied into that is this notion that now all Federation starships are fully integrated with each other and speak to each other. Yeah. So you can't really hide per se, which is why they kept finding the Titan. The fleet kept finding the Titan. Yeah. So maybe that will play into it. You've got all these old ships that are there. I mean, I don't know which one of them, any, how many of them can actually move, but all those ships are there, and I doubt they're integrated. So if you were going to go run and hide somewhere, you'd probably yeah. take one of those. Yeah, you want an older ship. Right. Something that's at that museum. So that could be interesting. I mean, there's a reason they, they mentioned that fully in, full integration thing. That's got to that's got to pay off some uh, because otherwise they wouldn't bother mentioning it. Oh yeah, as as we this season, you don't 
you know, it's well written and you don't, they don't leave, they don't drop things like that without a reason for it. Yeah, that's right. So it's been a hell of a ride so far, Matt. (sighs) Yeah, I am enjoying the heck out of it. Yeah. I have to say. I really am. I look forward to every week, every Thursday. I cannot wait to, you know, in fact, I've kind of debated a couple of times getting up in the middle of the night to watch it. I haven't done that. <laughs> but, there are people who do it though. Yeah, I know. I've I seen know, on social media. I've seen it. Yeah. But it's 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 been that good. It's it's been very gratifying, and it's not just the fan service about it either. It's not the always. It's not completely about the the cast being back together or any of that. Yeah, it's not. Like you said, we were talking about this. There's that quality to the way it's written and to yeah. the things that feel kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. The people in charge get it. We've said it before, and we'll say it again. Terry and his colleagues, including Dave, Dave Blass, and everybody, they just oh yeah, they, Dave Blass. Well, I mean, Dave Blass production is, design. Yeah, Dave Blass is ridiculous. Yeah. He's amazing. Yeah, this production design is spot on. Like it's exactly what you'd want to see in a exactly yeah, like TNG a, sequel kind of yeah, design. Yeah, yeah, and the redesigns of the ships are lovely. Like they just they feel like more of a progression from the TNG era to hear mm-hmm. you know Definitely. it's just all of it flows really well um i feel like there's a more of a a gracefulness to these ships than we've seen in recent years i felt like a lot of the newer designs we've seen over the past 20 years or so lacked a certain grace i think a lot of federation starship have a slight elegance to them many of them and i mm-hmm. felt like that was missing for a long time and i feel like we're starting to get that back a bit i mean the titan is a very popular ship right now yeah yeah, as long as you like the sort of constitution lines, yeah, and people like it. Yeah, I mean, I think that, I mean, everybody's got their favorites, obviously, but I, I, yeah, I think a lot of people enjoy a, a variation on the constitution class above all else, the classic oh, yeah. design, basically mm-hmm. variations. Seems on like the, it. Variations on the classic design. So yeah, we're we're very very anxious and excited to see the final four episodes. Oh yeah! If the first six are any any indication, the final four could be completely insane. (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, you know, Terry has hinted, especially that last two are sort of supposed to be a movie. I mean, truly like theatrical, like together, seen together. So, yeah, crazy. Yeah. So it's going to be hard waiting week to week. Oh yeah, going to be hard. Yeah. Which another thing is, I haven't you know I haven't felt all that. Uh, felt this like you know anticipation and oh, God I don't know how long week to week right? I know like the wait the waiting the I know it's been a long time Matt mm-hmm. it's so sure great has. to have that feeling back yes indeed yep yes indeed so on that note we will be back in two weeks to cover episodes yeah. seven and eight where we will learn the fate of Will Riker I would assume. And Deanna Troy. Deanna Troy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. It's been good talking to you, and we'll see you soon. All right. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.